0: Welcome to the One Crossing podcast Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message well, hello Crossing Church how are you doing this is fine day. It's so good to see you. It's always so good to be in the house of the Lord with the people of the Lord, worshiping the Lord, being encouraged by the Lord, changed by the Lord, released into the world by the Lord and empowered by the Lord to change the world. And we get to be able to do that together. We get to lock arms together. There's so many things going on in this world, but we know what actually does the trick. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ that's intimate and personal. That really is changes things and we're so glad to be able to be together today. I want to welcome everyone from all of our locations uh, across this region. So thankful for each and every one of you. If you're inside, uh, we are praying along with you and uh, glad that we have have the opportunity to be able to fellowship with you. If you're online, so thankful for each and every one of you as well. And a special shout out to our Jacksonville location celebrating two years today yes two years today even better than that in those two years they baptized 85 people so we're so thankful for that as well God is so good he's so gracious and he does such miraculous so just incredibly miraculous things and uh we're uh, in, in a new series called I love my church and i was just thinking about that on thursday and uh, i I walked up to one of our people and i said you know what i love your church you know just kind of messing with them and they said you know what i love your church too and i said you know i I think we love our church and we, we really we really do i love being in this place and i know sometimes we think about church we think of a place right sometimes when we think about church we think about something that we do so so you know, maybe some of you are here and, and, and if I were to come up to you and say, what do you, what do you mean when you say worship? Do you think of a place or do you think of something you do? Do you think of it as a, a noun or do you think of it as a verb? If you think of it as a noun, maybe when you think of worship, you go, uh, it's the place I go. Other people are there for the same purpose as me. And there's this prescribed set of things that we do. Even though we don't know like we used to know. Because remember when we used to pass out bulletins? Remember when you had like an order of worship? And that was how you could judge when you were going to eat lunch? <laughs> it's like when I get down to this part, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, uh, we're, getting, we're, you know, we're coming in for a landing, you know. It's like that. Now we don't even tell you that. So you have no idea what's going to happen. Some of you may not think of it so much as a noun when you think of worship. Maybe you think of a verb like well, when I worship I sing it's not like going to worship it's like I worship I sing to the Lord I I pray to the Lord I I serve the Lord I, I listen to a sermon I I give my money right I, I tithe or I, I give an offering to the Lord I may even respond to the Lord in some way I may come forward I may pray with someone or get down on my knees and just work something out with the Lord. That's worship, right? So some of us might think of it as a noun. Some of of us might think of it as a verb. But I wonder if using those kind of terms, if we're still missing something about worship. Some of us who might consider ourselves a little more mature would say something like this. Worship is not about us, it's all about God. Have you heard that before? Raise your hand if you've heard that before. Now, I'm not trying to want to cast dispersion on that, because I really do think that worship is all about God. It's not about us, it's about God. But I think sometimes when we say that, we might be missing something as well. And I want you to consider a statement like this. Consider that worship is far more actually about you Than it is about God now, I know that I've lost some of you right there But I want you to hold on with me and I'll explain what I mean by that Does God need our worship? Well the answer to that's pretty obvious God doesn't need Anything so he doesn't need your worship, right? I mean, think about it, does God like need someone to charge up his depleted batteries? Because, and worship does that, it gets him more engaged and excited. Is God so insecure that he needs someone to remind him of who he is or what he does? No, God's not insecure and he doesn't ever lose any energy. So those are not, that's not real. Worship is not about anything that God needs. So when we say that worship is all about him, maybe we we're kind of missing it. You know what I think? First of all, have you heard this before? You can't out give God. Have you ever heard that? I think that worship is all about what God wants to do in you. I think worship is all about creating a context where he can get through to you and get through to me. And I know why. It's because he loves us, he loves you. He loves me. And so worship, I believe, in its essence, is about something that God wants to give you. Worship doesn't have value to him in in so much as he needs something, he doesn't need anything. But you have value. You have more value than you can even imagine to God. And I guess that kind of hit home with me this week as I was preparing this sermon. And we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible, in the book of John chapter 4. And it's a story that I've preached a lot of sermons on. And as I go through the narrative, I I can remember, well, I preached on that, I preached on this, I preached on that. But I have never approached it the way that I'm going to approach it today. And it's one of the things I absolutely love about the Word of God is no matter how many times you approach the word of God, God always has something new. There's always something new that he wants to share with you. So even in trying to prepare something for God, he was actually giving me something I never had before. I think we're going to find out about worship in John chapter 4, what it is and what it does. So let's just, let's just begin together. We'll, uh, we'll read John chapter 4. some of us a familiar story, verses 4 through 11a. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Right there's a sermon I've preached before. And He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near a plot of ground, Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, right? There's another sermon I've preached before that I'm not going to preach today. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? That's another sermon I've preached before, but not today. For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. Did you see that? What just happened there? It was who needs the drink? Did you see Jesus turn the tables? It was Jesus that needed the drink? No, it's her that needs the drink. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Right about here, when I was studying this, something occurred to me about this story that had never occurred to me before, and this is what it was. She and we come unprepared to worship but that's okay. She wasn't prepared for who she was meeting. She wasn't prepared for what was gonna be experienced that day. She wasn't prepared for what this guy was gonna say to her. She wasn't prepared for how it was gonna completely alter the course of her life. She was not prepared. She came to a well, which is a place where people come together. She came prepared, but she came prepared for something else, right? She came prepared with something else in mind. She had a water jar. She had something maybe to let it down with. I don't know, maybe there was a contraption there at the well that, uh, that sent something down, and then she would you know, take a bucket and then fill up her water jar. I don't know. Maybe she had you know, a rope to let it down. I-, I don't know what she was gonna use to get to the water to fill up her water jar but we do know from the narrative that the well was deep and you needed to bring something with you if you wanted water, right? She was very clear about that and she was prepared for that. She wasn't prepared for what was gonna happen to her but she was prepared to get water from a well. You know what I think? I think we come completely unprepared as well. We come prepared, but not for the right thing. We come to church, we come to this family, we come to these locations prepared for something else. Maybe our own agendas. Maybe we come here with our own agendas. But I guarantee you that Jesus has something different in mind. She had her own agenda. Jesus had something different in mind. She had no idea who he was. She wasn't prepared for who she was going to meet. And neither are we. We're not prepared for who we're going to meet today. We're not prepared to actually meet the real Jesus. But that didn't change the fact that he was there. The fact that she was unprepared didn't change. The fact that you or I may be unprepared, it doesn't change the fact that he's here. He's here right now. And I guarantee you, you're not prepared for that. You think you are? Well, we just sang and I we just prayed and I got up today and I, I dressed and I got the kids up and yeah, I'm in the come on, I'm in the seat. That that should mean I'm prepared. No, you're not prepared. I'm not prepared. I got a sermon ready. I'm still not prepared. Not prepared to meet him. Are you prepared to meet him? No. But listen to me. That's okay. It's okay that you're not prepared. You know what? This woman, she knew there was this great divide between them, didn't she? She talks about it. She said, you know, I'm a, samaritan woman and and you're a jewish man and you're talking to me and like that breaks a whole bunch of rules right but she had no idea just how great the divide was between them she knew there was a divide sure but she didn't know how big it was all she could see was a man a jewish man and she was a sinful samaritan woman she wasn't going to go into the sinful part but she was and she knew it right and even now even as you sit where you sit at one of our locations or watching online there are divisions between you and god and they are far greater than you can even begin to understand it's underst- and just hearing that it shows us how unprepared we are to be with jesus the division is wide it's wider than you thought listen But that's okay how can I say that how can I keep saying that's okay I'll tell you why it's okay because Jesus is the one who's closing the distance it's not her it's Jesus he's the one that comes from heaven to earth he's the one that has to go through Samaria he's the one that sits down by the well he's the one that knows that there's a divine appointment that's gonna happen there that day he's closing the distance he's the one who initiates the conversation Would you give me a drink? He doesn't just initiate the conversation with the woman in the story. He's the one who initiates the conversation with you. He asks her for a drink, but it's not because he really needed a drink. It was because he wanted to give her something. And Jesus is right here, right now, closing the distance between you and him because he wants to give you something. You think you're here to give him something. To give him worship. You are here to receive something that only he can give you. And you're not prepared for that. And you're not prepared for him. And you're not prepared for him to be this close to you. But that's okay. That's okay. And what she says about Jesus is actually true about her. She just is completely unaware of it. She says, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, right? Because that's what she was seeing in front of her. But the issue really is that her issues are deep. Her issues are deep, and she has no way of addressing the issues inside of her heart. Jesus knows that about her. And I'm looking out right now at a whole lot of deep wells and unprepared people with no way of drawing it out. And let me tell you, put a mirror in front of me, I'm seeing the same exact thing. Because we are all the same, just like this woman. We're no different than she is. And the truth about Jesus is he can go deeper than you ever imagined into your heart and he can pull out the bad and he can reveal the good things that he placed in you when he made you for his glory and you're not prepared for that either but that's okay see worship worship is where we come completely unprepared Worship is where the division is wide, but where Jesus is the one who closes the distance. This is where he draws down deep into your heart and reveals the truth about your heart and then dispenses grace to you that you didn't deserve or earn. That's what worship is. We think of worship as a noun. We think of worship as a verb. We think of a wor- as worship as something that is all about God. But the fact is, worship is about your heart and what's going on in your heart and the only one who can meet you in that space. You're not prepared for that, and neither was she. Second thing I, I, I saw for the first time in this story is this. She and we both come resistant to worship you not only come unprepared for worship you become actually resistant to it you don't want to do it and some of you are going now wait a minute hold on a second i drove here today i had to fight for my parking spot don't be telling me that i that, that i'm resistant i mean what do you think i'm here now hear me out we come resistant to worship but that's okay John chapter 4, verses 11b to 24 says this. Here's the woman. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Again, Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Wow, that's a big statement. The woman said to him, and I, I have to believe this is kind of facetious. All right, sir, give me this water so I won't have to get thirsty and come, have to keep coming here to draw water. <laughs> he told her, this is amazing. He didn't argue with her. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. Fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you're now with is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Whoa. Wow, that just happened. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Good call. (laughs) Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. What's that got to do with husbands? (laughs) Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That means it's happening where? In here, in your heart. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. I love this center part of the story. Because what she does, after Jesus throws out this line of I can give you living water, and if you drink this water, you'll never get thirsty again, right? What does she do? What is her, uh, her reaction to that? Are you greater than Jacob? I mean, it is immediate rejection, instant rejection. All she wants to do is go, you're dumb. All she wants to go is like, you're crazy. I need to get away from you, because you're just weird. Listen, Jesus is talking something about something supernatural, something miraculous, right? And she's not into that, she's not going there. You see, her knee-jerk reaction is the same as our knee-jerk reaction. Jesus can't do anything like that in my life. Jesus can't do anything supernatural or miraculous in my life. What she's actually saying to Jesus when he offers her living water is, no, you're not. No, you can't. Is that what you're saying to God right now? Maybe you're here. Maybe you went through all the stuff. Maybe you did the noun and the verb and it's not about me and all that. But do you really buy into the idea that Jesus could do something in you that is just absolutely out of this world? We all know and understand and been trained to dismiss, to distance, to evade, to discount, and to ultimately reject that Jesus might actually do something miraculous in us. And you know what? He knows that. He knows that we're resisting. He knew this woman would resist him, but that's okay. <laughs> she asks for the water, but also reveals just how selfish and superficial she really is, right? Because she doesn't. She she would rather not have to come back and get water at the well. She'd rather, you know, have uh, you know plumbing in the house. Sure, we're the same. We're just like her. We're full of our own agendas. We always long for our own desires and our own convenience, just like she's doing the same with convenience. And he knows that. He knows that about her. He knows that about you. And it doesn't even slow him down. Jesus will break through your resistance. He will confront you. And he will confront you in a place you completely were not expecting. She's wanting to argue about, are you greater than Jacob? And Jesus says, go get your husband. Like, what? Why are you changing the subject? He goes completely to the unexpected, right? Why? Well, because she's sitting at the well, but she's got her own agenda. She's got her mask on. Everybody knows what that means now she's got her mask on and that mask is shielding her from the truth so other people don't have to see the truth of who she really is but what Jesus does is he pulls her mask off go get your husband I don't have a husband (laughs) yeah you've had five and the man you're living with you're living with and he's not your husband he reveals who she really is 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 Jesus just being mean? He's just using his prophetic gift to be mean to her, to call her out? No, because he's actually bringing his power to bear. He's bringing it to bear right up front, and it's going to be against her resistance. Going to break down the walls in her life. And that, my friend, is never comfortable that's not comfortable it wasn't comfortable for her at all it won't be comfortable for you but that's okay you know what we do you know what we do when jesus comes at us with the unexpected yeah you're you're sitting in one of our locations right now you're online right now and god's talking to your heart and he just threw he just threw you a curveball and you're going what do you do what do you do you do what she did Hey, uh, you Jews, you worship uh, in Jerusalem. We worship on this mountain. What do you think about that? Really? You're going to argue theology with Jesus? Here's what she's doing. She's trying to change the subject. What happens when we're in confrontation? We try to change the subject. This is not comfortable for me. I don't want to talk about this. Let's change the subject. Anything but this. I hear you, but I don't like what you're saying. You understand this woman, don't you? You do, you understand this woman because you're just the same as her and so am I. Jesus knows you don't like what he's saying inside your heart right now. He knows it, but he also knows that that's the exact spot where he's gonna break through and get those barriers down. Okay, I'm gonna say it. Maybe this is why we want worship to be all about him. That way it doesn't have to be about us. That way we can stay exactly how we are. Worship will break through your resistance and it will expose who you are. But he will see that he already has and it will not stop him And it will not slow him down. And he will bring his power to bear in your life. And he will break through in your life where real change and new life begins. And here's the third point. She and we can respond. And when we do, we experience worship. really we experience worship john four twenty five to 30 the woman said i know the messiah called christ is coming <laughs> and when he comes he will explain everything to us like you don't know you don't know jesus i don't know you don't know But some on the we're on the same footing here but when the messiah comes he'll know another way to evade Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I'm he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. And no one asked, what what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, I preached a sermon on that. The woman went back to town and said to the people, what's the?" This is how you know this is worship, okay? It's this line right here. This is how you know it's worship. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. Wow. Samaritans hate Jews. Jews hate Samaritans. They urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. So Jesus identifies himself to this woman. No big deal. He's already identified himself to you. Hasn't he? You know it. In your heart, God always signs his work. If he made you, he put his name at the bottom of the portrait. He signs his work. And when you hear the truth of Jesus Christ, there's something inside your human heart that rings like a bell. And you just know it. You just know it. You know it's true. There's something inside you that starts working you over, right? And you realize in that moment that it's not just self-talk, it's not just a feeling, it's not just an emotion, something is happening. Something real is happening. He is real, he is here, he is with you, and real worship is emerging. You know what it looks like? It looks like when you're freaking out because, because the, preacher who doesn't know you at all said something, and you're like, is he going through my trash? Is he hiding in my closet? You you know, and then in the worship, they sing this song. It's like, why did they pick that song? And you start crying, and you don't know why. You don't really feel bad. Something's going on. You don't know what's going on. You're not prepared for it. You're resistant to it. But Jesus is breaking through. And when he does, then you start experiencing real worship. It's not the songs you're singing, it's not the prayers you're praying, it's not the place you're sitting. It's when you come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you experience it, you know it. And the problem is a lot of times, you know, we come with all these other things. And we're not ready to let him in. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But change happens there. Real change. Real change. (laughs) And when real change happens, I'm telling you what, it is confusing. It's confusing to you, it's confusing to everybody around you. I mean, that's why we call it conversion, because you change, right? And you know what the first thing other people will do? They'll look at you and they'll judge you. Did you know that? Like when you accept Jesus Christ, you come in a relationship with Jesus Christ, the first thing your friends do is they judge you. And you get freaked out by that. Don't get freaked out by that because they've been judging you all the time. They never stopped. They're just judging you by a different set of circumstances, right? They've always been judging you. And that's okay that they're judging you. It's not about them, it's about him not about them anymore. You see, because now you're in worship and it's a response to all that he's done and all that he's doing right here, right now. Real worship is a response to what Jesus is personally doing in you and with you. It wasn't about him. He was giving you something. And when he gave you something, your response is worship. Things are changing now my heart is different it changes how i see it it changes how i hear it changes how i feel how i talk how i understand how i perceive the world around me and how i perceive myself in that world worship is how i start processing what's actually happening to me now go back to that one line i told you was the line come see a man who told me everything i ever did Sycar is a small town okay Everybody already knew everything she ever did. And they talked about it when they played cards on Friday night. Just like people talk about you, and you talk about other people, right? Are you hearing me? The difference is not that people were, didn't know what, she was the only one that actually was willing to go, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. I'm like, wow. Wow. That's the thing you hide. That's the thing you don't want anybody to see. That's why you get up and put the mask on every day. Because you don't want people to see who you really are. And all of a sudden she's completely changed. The facts are all still there. She is the person that she was, but how she relates to them is now completely different because Jesus Christ took her shame and turned it into a testimony. That's it. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. It's so great. I was such a bad person. I am a bad, but he got through. He got through to me. I wasn't prepared for him, but he got through to me. I was resistant to him, but he got through to me. Come and see. That's worship. And you know what Jesus does with that? He takes the worship that he's created in you and he lights the fires of worship in all the people around you because breakthrough is contagious. It is. Freedom is contagious. Joy, peace is contagious. Jesus stays there for two days. The people find him. They're changed by him. They worship him. And you know what? That's happening all around you right now. Every one of your, our locations, it's happening right now. Not because of the dumb guy that's up on stage yelling at you. It's because Jesus is there. That's, the, that's where it happens. And then he defines worship in 423 and 24, right? Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father, in spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worship, worshipers, the Father seeks. God's a spirit. And his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. What happened to her that was so unexpected, that was so unprepared for, that was so resisted, is what happens when the Holy Spirit begins to work on your heart and reveals the truth. And when you worship in spirit and in truth, you're actually worshiping. What Jesus is saying there is that worship really happens right here it isn't an environment it isn't a place it isn't an order on a bulletin it's when you meet him and he starts doing something and that time has come that time is now That is who Jesus is seeking, and that is who he is finding. And I implore you, let the Spirit of Jesus live in you, and let the truth set you free. Let's worship him. We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.